for sharing that with us. So today, um, I wanted to share with you that I am um, on Monday going into 11 day silence here. And um, it's very common at the ashram for people to be in silence, that they everyone gets some arrangement of silence during the year, sometimes more than once. And it's um, a rather intense period because you are, I will be staying someplace other than where I normally stay. So I won't have my surroundings or my computer or my Wi-Fi or my phone or my coloring book or any of my distractions. I will have nothing. So our silence is complete. You don't actually have anything. You don't read, you don't listen to any music. You don't do, there's nothing happening except for your spiritual sadhana, your discipline, your practice, which is set up for you in advance. And it takes the, it starts at 5.30 in the morning and it goes until nine at night. And there's some breaks in there, but not much. So some of it is pranayama, some of it is chanting, some of it is yoga, different types of yoga, um, just different practices that are put together for you personally. And it's a full day. So um, I'm excited about it, but 11 days is a long time. Um, to be in a cave <laughs> of sorts and the you know the weather's weird and the spaces are you know you just don't know and there's no no hot water for sure um, I can just take a little immerser so I could make a hot cup of something you know a decaf tea or something if I want so that's nice um, anyway that brought me to this notion of silence and I really wanted to speak to silence this week because silence is an art it's not just a sadhana or a practice, it's an art because it is an internal space that we cultivate and we create through a variety of tools and intentions that we set. Um, but for us to be able, <clears throat> excuse me, to fully access the beauty that we carry with us, silence is the corridor, silence is the portal it is the way that we get into our intuitive knowingness, um, the way that we get into our heart space, what we're really longing for that gets lost in the translation of our mind busyness and our egos questioning and all of the other aspects that are part of our humanness can take over what this, the deepest longing and desire and knowingness about ourselves, the truth of who we are in this incarnation is available to us. It's not a secret, but the easiest way to get to it is through silence. Because when we shut out the busyness of the mind, things bubble up in us that are not necessarily thoughts that are strung together. They're more just a deep knowing. And then as it's bubbling, it comes into form and then it will come into a word or into an expression, but it starts not in form and then it comes into form. So if we want to cultivate that possibility so that we can be hearing the voice of our most inner self and responding to that, we need to be in periods of silence and cultivating that silence as a way that we are expressing our life. It, it isn't just about not speaking. It also is a, it's happening on a cellular level. It's the vibration of our body. It's not just our voice making noise. It's actually our whole body is, is involved in the 
endeavor to experience silence. So I just want to talk a little bit about how we might do that and how silence is looked at and viewed through the Buddhist um, lens or tradition. And Buddhism talks a, a lot, there's a lot that comes from Buddhism around mindfulness. And many people have taken mindfulness, there's so many beautiful programs now around mindfulness, but some look at mindfulness as an actual um, meditation practice, or it might be actually just awareness. I'm mindful of my surroundings. I'm mindful of my space. I'm mindful of how I am intersecting with the world. Those are all beautiful ways to be mindful, but Buddhism talks about mindfulness as a practice that quiets the noise inside of us. So if we want to have this calm, sublime capability to sit in, it's, it's busy now, not in the doing, but in what's bubbling up for us. We had even in our check-in, there's a lot going on for everyone right now. I know City and I have spoken to this um, with one another. Many things are happening in our personal lives and in our um, clients' lives and in our friends' lives. It is a unsettling time in the transition that this humankind is in from the COVID, how things are opening up, what are the changes, a lot of stress in the seemingly kind of quieted down time is actually producing a lot of stress right now for people. There's a lot of change that's now really having to happen. We were kind of in neutral for a while and now it's really bubbling up. And so for us to be able to handle this noise, this gives us a leg up on being able to stay foundationally solid during this change as we're going through it. It's an emotional change. It's a physical change. It's an intellectual change. All of this is happening to us in concert. It's all intertwined in like a, a ball of yarn. And the, for us to utilize silence as a way for us to untangle that. Um, and so in the Buddhist tradition, they talk about um, the, the movement though. They have someone in the Buddhist teaching one that I had um, listened to a long time ago. They called it uh, NST, nonstop thinking. It's a radio station that we actually run in our head called NST, nonstop thinking. And how do we stop that chatter that's going on incessantly for us? What are the tricks that help us to do this? And how, why is it that our mind doesn't want to settle? What's happening that our mind finds the need to keep creating something out of nothing or taking something and expanding it into something else that it is not yet? So we're either living with it in the past or in the future. In the present, we don't have much opportunity to be to have too many thoughts. You're dealing with what's happening. You're either listening to something or you're participating in something. Your mind is active if you keep it on what's going on, it stays in that little bubble of the present. It's only when you give it just the door, a little opening, and it takes off into something that might have been or might be. And that in those places in the past and in the future is where the noise is the loudest. It's not in the present. It's sitting back behind us, trying to catch up to us and remind us of how bad something was, or it's in the future, how something could go wrong. And noise, equals fear and fear keeps us in a constant state of ignorance because it's not 
possible for us to see the truth or reality of something if we're fearful about it. We will automatically create our own way to package it so that we can handle it. So if the noise and fear have a relationship, then for us to decrease noise will de decrease the fear in our lives, whether it's around relationships or change or repetitive behavior or patterns, whatever it happens to be, if we can handle, get a handle on the noise, we'll get a handle on the fear that's showing up in our lives. So in Buddhism, they talk about this practice of mindfulness and quieting the interiority of ourselves. They talk about it as a deep listening. And we've just established this deep listening circle within our fragrance of joy because there's an art to that. There's an art to listening to other and there's an art to listening to yourself, to what's happening deeply. So the Buddhists talk about it as it's both an in external and an internal process. And when we're deeply listening to ourselves, we don't have the distraction of other thoughts because we're attending to the listening. So the practice of deep listening, whether it's for other or yourself, the benefit happens on many different levels. It really is useful for us to be able to hear what's going on inside of ourselves, not as a mind discussion, but as a full body experience. So let's think about the deep listening to ourself as one of the tools that we're gonna use to be able to settle down the noise so that the truth of what needs to rise for us has the spaciousness to do so. So one of the, the techniques that they use in Buddhism is a chime or a bell. You'll often hear that in meditation practices. And um, for a long time, I wore a watch that had a timer on it that I set every hour. And when it would go off the next hour, it would remind me to get back into the present moment. And to if I was off track a little bit, it would just bring me back on track. We need tools to be able to stay in alignment with this desire, because it's easy to say, I want to have that noise reduction, but it's not so easy to do. So something, you know, beautiful little bells that you can get, put a little bell in your purse. Every time you pick up your handbag, it's gonna tingle and make noise. And you're gonna go, oh, I need to be present right now. And you're just gonna recenter yourself. We just get off center. It's not as though we're taking some huge big detour. We just get off center to where we're thinking about one thing and the next thing we know our mind has gone in this daydream ways down the road and not productively, not in a way that we wanted to. Some creative thought is beautiful. We don't wanna stop creativity. But when our mind is taking the situation and extrapolating it to be difficult, challenging, problematic, you know, uncomfortable, then we're just perpetuating the problem. We're not even solving anything. We're simply playing into the possibilities. And that's a place that is not productive for us. So just thinking about using a tool, something that keeps bringing us back to our center point, back to the center where we have, we have a beautiful barometer within ourselves, a beautiful line of sight of where we wanna be. We just have to keep tapping back into it. One of the things in Buddhism they call this noble silence is a, a beautiful practice where all we are doing in noble silence is taking whatever activity we're in, whether it's eating or reading or talking to someone or working on your computer, <clears throat> and you take the entire focus that you have, everything else you let go and you only focus on that one thing. 
back to not um, multitasking. I think this is the time for women to stop multitasking. It's just really not good for us. You know, we get a lot done in a day and we check a lot of things off our list, but we're scattering our intention and our, the strength of our focus is what lets us dive deeply into ourselves. And the more scattered and multitasking, we just go across the surface. It's like somebody's just going tinkle, 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 tinkle. There's nothing coming down deeply into you to give you that rootedness to go all the way down to your muladhara, to that root chakra and really ground you. It's all happening on the surface. It's very air. If we are focused on one activity, we get deep. So the question becomes, do you want to live your life really broadly on the surface of everything? Or do you want to go deeply into one channel at a time? That's not to say you can't dig many deep wells, but if you just dig a few inches in a thousand little holes, you're not going to get to any water. You have to at least dig down deeply enough to get the sustenance that can be offered to us. So let's take it for a while and let's just see how it works to not multitask, to use noble silence to work at whatever activity we're working at and to be fully present for it. If you're eating to be watching your, the number of chewing, you know, how many chews am I having on this? How much, what am I tasting in the flavors of this food? Really experience the food, not just eat to get it done and move on to the next thing or to be reading while you're doing it or you know, just typing another email or whatever. Just take whatever it is that you're working on and let that be your thing for that time and then move to the next thing. This creates not only a beautiful rhythm for us, it also creates this noble silence of us being so beautifully tied into that activity that we experience it in a different way. One of the things about silence that I want to share are these, um, the Buddhist teachings of the five true sounds um, that are the essence of what we hear, the sounds that we want to be listening and they're really beautiful. I will post these on our toolbox as well because it's really beautiful. The first is, the first sound is a wonderful sound. It's the sound of nature. It's the sound of rain, of birds, of thunder, of icebergs breaking apart. It's anything happening in the natural world that's coming, that's rising up from the movement of the natural world. It's called the first sound of the five true sounds and it's the wonderful sound. The second sound is the one who observes the world. And this is the sound of listening, the observation of listening rather than talking or acting, just stopping and listening. This is why we have deep listening in our lives because this is the sound of the one who observes the world. We're observing through our silence. We're not just not talking, we're actually keenly observing and listening to and participating without speaking. The third of the five true sounds is the Brahma sound. That's the transcendental sound of Om, the universal sound, the sound of creation, Om, which is a really wonderful thing to be also chanting along with our Sata Nama. Om is also really uh, transformational as a chant, do for five minutes, 10 minutes, whatever you would like. The fourth sound of the five true sounds is the sound of the rising tide. It's the voice of the teacher, the one who clears away misunderstandings and who removes afflictions and transforms. And the fifth sound of the five true sounds is the sound that transcends all sounds in the world. And this is the sound of impermanence. 
It is the sound when we are reminded that everything except the eternal nature of our spirit is impermanent and that we won't take any of it with us. And that as we see and we draw our attention to that which we are attached to and that which we protect and that which we follow that is impermanent, that is the sound that's going to keep us from touching our eternal nature. So it's the sound that transcends all other sounds because it is so powerful. Impermanence is so powerful to understand in our lives what is permanent and what is impermanent. How do we understand what we're keeping to take forward with us? What does our soul, what attributes does our soul actually carry forward? And what else is just left here? So I'm just, I'll post those only because they're really cold down to an essence, to an essence of how it is that we're, what are we truly listening to and what should we be listening to as we nurture our divine nature? So I'm gonna leave you with one, one more practice that's really, really helpful around silence. And that is to establish a silent period for yourself every day. Um, so some people will do, uh, if you can, within your personal situation, might take something like 9 p.m. until 8 a.m. or until 7 a.m. And so they turn off all electronics and everything kind of quiets down at nine and there's no more discussion. There's no more talking. There's no more interacting with anything um, in terms of even reading books that you just allow that. And then you're waking up and coming into the world time is silent. You don't come up on with the news or with anything else happening, even music. It's just a silence that you come back into the next day with. That's one thing that's quite doable because you aren't shifting your whole life around. Another one that's really beautiful is to take one day of the week, if you can manage that given your responsibilities and what you, you have to accomplish each day, or just a morning. Some people like to take, they sleep and then they coming out of sleep until say noon or 11 a.m. They just stay in their silence from having slept and they create their mornings. So that's when they do their long walks and when they take time for themselves in whatever um, disciplines they might be using in their lives, but they take that time to be in relationship with themselves, not with the outside world. Um, so I'm gonna just say this week, imagine how silence is penetrating your life and where it isn't and how to add that into part of your spiritual discipline so that you can gain the benefits of this deep dive into the, the, the deepest sections of your being, the juicy parts of yourself and bring it up so that you can actually experience it and use it for the decisions and the, the uh, epiphanies that you have. They'll, it comes from inside of you, from that well inside. So we have to plumb that well. And I'll see you in two weeks. City will be with you next week and I'm supporting from afar in, in a way you'll see.